0: We've been in a season and uh, in a series called Generous. I'm going to close this uh, series tonight, Generous Week 4. And I'm going to talk about three things, time, talent, and treasure. Time, talent, and treasure. Let's go to John chapter 13. If you got it, I'm going to read this. This is what it says. It says it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, He loved them to the very end. I love those words. He loved them to the end. Verse number two, the evening meal was in progress. This is the Passover. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had to come to God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, watch this now, because this is where we're going to focus tonight. He got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, he wrapped a towel around his waist, and after that he poured water into a basin and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Let's get to verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. He said, do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now watch this, verse 17. Now that you know, come on, somebody say no. Now that you know these things, You will be blessed, what, if you do them. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, open up every ear, open up every heart, open up every mind to receive of your word. Change us, challenge us by your word tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, if you'll believe and receive that tonight. Why don't you just say amen? Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Man, I don't know about you, but um, I've really enjoyed this, uh, this four-week series as we've been able to dive in on generosity and what it looks like as a people and a church for us to be generous. And as we close out tonight, I want to talk about uh, the gift of serving and the gift of giving back. We're going to talk about our time, our talent, and our treasure. As we've talked about, uh, about finances The one thing that we need to understand is that generosity has more to do than just our finances. Finances are just one of the ways that we are generous. It's much more than just giving. It's it's deeper than that. And tonight, what I really want to focus in is if if you go back with me to what we discussed in week two, we spoke about how generosity is an issue of the heart. And I want to circle back to that tonight. And we kind of established in week two generosity being an issue of the heart. And we look at the passage of Scripture where Jesus said, if you give, it'll come back to you, press down, shaken together, good measure, running over. It's in this same passage where he's talking about uh, granting forgiveness. And if you judge, it's going to be judged in the same measure that you use it. It's coming back to you. And so we establish that giving and generosity is an issue of the heart. Tonight, what I want to do, though, is I really want to zero in on the issue of the heart that keeps us from being generous. Can we do that tonight? Because at the very root of the issue, generosity is an issue of the heart. Now, let me say this. Pride is one of the greatest hindrances when it comes to being generous. Can I say it again? Pride is one of the greatest hindrances when it comes to us being generous. Today, what I want to do is I want to look at this story, and you may even look at this story, and you may be questioning, like, how are are we getting generous out of Jesus washing somebody's feet? How are you getting pride out of Jesus washing somebody's feet? Well, I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Because Here's one of the things that we say at Restoration. We give in three ways. I've said it already, but time, talent, and treasure. Time looks like this. We all know that time is one of the greatest resources that we have. It's just like money. It's a resource that we have, that we use. And where we invest our money, we know that we value those things. But also where we invest our time, we know that we also value those things. So time is one of the greatest resources that we have that we can invest. And as we invest, it shows what we value. So we've got time. Number two, we have this. We have talent. We all have gifts that God has given to us that he wants us to come to him and steward those back to him and use for his purpose and use for his glory. There's three different sections in the Bible where it specifically talks about gifts. And in one area, it talks about gifts in this, a a natural gifting that we are all born with. We're all born with some natural gifts. How many of you would agree with that? You all, you know, some of you, 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 you're just gifted musically. You know, I, don't y'all love our worship team that aren't you grateful for people that are gifted musically, right? Right. There, there's people that are tech people. I love our tech people that are back here in the booth, y'all, that just do this every week. They give of their of their talent, but they, they've got an ear. It's and, and it's something that God blessed. It is a talent that God blessed them with. They can hear things differently than what they they can dial in and tune in that sound to get it just right. Maybe you're an amazing teacher, and that's a gift that God blessed you with. And so there's these natural gifts. And then there's the second gifts that the Bible talks about uh, are more like a, a calling and it's it's what you're called to do in life. And you've got this over, you know, if you're good with money and 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 you help in the area of finances, can I tell you that you can use that calling of finances to help other people manage their finances so they become better in the financial area of their life. The Bible also talks about the calling. And then there's this third area that the Bible talks about. And it is literally like it is a supernatural gifting that the Holy Spirit works through us and empowers us. And these three types of gifts, no matter what it is, they're a talent. And when God blesses us with something, it's our job to give it back to him and to be generous and to use it for his glory. Amen. And then the third part is treasure. And that's where we've talked a lot about in this series, but I'm not going to talk a whole lot about treasure tonight because we focused a lot on that. But we all have these three things. We all have time. We all have a talent, a gifting. Even if you say you may not even know what it is. And that's See, here's the cool thing about our our new members classes. You may even say, I'm not even sure where I can plug in, fit in in the church. We've got a spiritual gifts assessment that you take and you find all of your gifts and we'll help you plug in and find your spot in the church because we want you to use your talent to serve God. Come on, isn't that good? That's good. So let's talk about talent today. Let's talk about our time and our talent. Because I believe that as we highlighted in this opening scripture today, that one of the greatest things that we can do is serve. Come on, somebody say serve. It was Jesus' mission to leave heaven, to come to earth, and serve us, his creation, by laying down his life as a ransom for all. Jesus was all about serving others. He gave his life to serve humanity. Jesus's whole mission was serving us. So what I want to do is I I want to look at John 13 and I want us to to dig down deep into this. But before I feel like we can uh, really take a deeper dive or drill into this, what we need to do is we need to see the issue in the disciples' hearts that was keeping them from receiving from Jesus. Because remember, Jesus in this night, he takes off his outer robes, he, he wraps his towel around his waist, he pours water into a basin, he goes and he kneels down and pride begins to well up in the disciples' hearts and they say, Jesus, you can't wash my feet, there's no way that you, and pride came up in their heart and wouldn't let Jesus do what he was trying to do. So I want to go back and I want to show you the issue of pride and where it started, what they were dealing with and how Jesus responded to it, right? So let's go to Matthew chapter 20. It's going to be on the screens. Listen to this. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down and asking, what is it you want? Jesus asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right hand and the other at your left. Y'all, come on, somebody just shake your head at this mom. What is she What is she doing? She said, I want one to be on your left, <laughs> and I want the other to be on your right. And Jesus just kind of looks at her. He's like, I don't even think you know what you're asking. Can you drink? Now, this is where he gets them. He said, can you drink from the same cup as me? And they answer, yes. You know what Jesus is talking about? Death. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to die. Uh can you drink from that cup too? And they're like, yes. But what they're thinking about, they're thinking about earthly, they're thinking about here, they're thinking about how many times do we frame spiritual questions in an earthly mindset? And that's exactly what was happening here. They were thinking earthly kingdom. They were thinking Jesus was going to overthrow the government and he's going to sit on his throne and we're going to sit up there with him. And everybody's going to see us and recognize us and know us. And we're going to have gold rings and all the we're going to have all the stuff. We're going to be we are going to rule on the throne and everybody's going to know us. And Jesus is going, the kingdom that I'm talking about, you don't know anything about. You don't have the concept just yet. So he said. You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right hand or left, it's not for me to grant. These places belong for those to whom they have been prepared by my Father. Now watch this, verse 24. When the ten heard about this, the other ten disciples, watch this, they were ticked. (laughs) That's the Darby translation, by the way. They were ticked. They They were mad. They're like, how dare those dudes? They went to Jesus, and they asked if they could sit at his right and left. What about us? Man, actually, I think, you do, I think we deserve that position. And all of them start bickering and talking and getting mad and, and getting upset with one, each other, one another and all this. Can you see the pride that's starting to raise up? Jesus called them together, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Watch this. Instead, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. How confusing must this have been for them? They're like, we're going to rule. We're going to sit with Jesus on his right and on his left. Our mom just hooked us up. They couldn't even go and ask the question for him. They're like, Mom, go ask for us. I, I, don't, I, I can't do You go, Mom. And so Mom goes up. You really think if Mom went and asked that they're going to get the place on the right and left? No. And he said, look, they're they're dumbfounded now because they're like, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Watch this, though. Just as the son of man, what did not come to be served, but to serve. And he's addressing an issue of pride in their heart. And even in this moment, they didn't quite get it. Watch as Jesus, three years into his ministry, they spent nearly 1,000 days along his side, and still they're dealing with the issue of pride in their life. And and, and I I can just kind of imagine it in this way that that they're like, yeah, I'm rolling with Jesus everywhere I go. People know me because of Jesus. I'm with him all the time. They know I'm I'm one of his disciples. I've kind of got this power. I've got this authority, man. People know me. I've got this position. And what they begin to do is they begin to put their thoughts on position rather than posture." And you've got to remember that they had their mind on an earthly kingdom, not a spiritual kingdom. And Jesus said, look, in my kingdom, it's not about having people serve you, but it's about serving others. And God gave us a gift. He gave us time. He gave us talent that we can use to serve others. But a lot of times what can happen is we can let pride keep us from serving others. They were more concerned about a position than they were a posture. Our posture is to serve. Jesus' posture at that night was on his knees before them with, a, with a, a, a water basin washing their feet. And understand, these weren't like clean feet that had been in some nice Chelsea boots, These were feet that had been out on dirt pads and been in mud and, you know, walking behind carts where horses had been and, you know, done horse things along the path. And so their feet were messy and filthy. In fact, we did this retreat one time and and, and I had to wash feet and it had rained that day. And not just a normal rain, like a torrential downpour, and these guys had to walk uh, this muddy path. And they walked for probably half a mile, and I am the very last people that they see. And literally when they walked to me, there there was mud, I promise you, about this far sticking out from in between their toes. Number one, I don't like feet, okay? That's just number one, all right? Jesus has not called me to a foot-washing ministry. Number two, I'm not crazy about mud and stuff, okay? And so here I am, literally, it's in their toenails. I mean, it's everything. And I got to clean their feet. You want to talk about praying. You want to talk about being humbled. But this is the kind of scene that that we're seeing is that these guys had mud all in their feet. and, And here's how I know that they were struggling with pride because... Jesus sent them ahead. He said, look, we're going um, to celebrate the Passover. Uh, there's this man's home. He already knows about it. Just go and get the house ready. The reason I know that they were struggling with pride is this, because normally when they would walk in the house, there would be a servant there, a servant of the house, that would be ready with the basin of water, that as you came in, you would take off your sandals, and they would wash your feet, and then you would go sit down. Because they would sit at these low kind of reclining tables. And so you got to think about it. You don't want like, you know, you don't want old dude's feet next to you sitting up, you know, and he's got his old muddy feet all next to you, right? And you're trying to enjoy a steak or whatever. You know, that's just, that's not appetizing. You know, feet next to you while eating is not appetizing, period. But especially dirty feet. And so they walk in the home. They, there's no servant there. I can tell you there's no servant there because if there was a servant there, their feet would have been washed. But when they walked in and they saw a basin sitting by the door, they were too good to stoop down and wash their own feet. They were dealing with pride. And then they didn't stop and serve one another and go, hey, I'll wash your feet if you wash my feet. Why? Because they were too proud. They had gotten a position in their mind. I, man, I go with Jesus everywhere. They're like Judas. I, I, Judas was saying, "Like I'm his money keeper. I'm not going I'm, I'm to. Servants are supposed to wash my feet. There was this pride that had welled up in their heart, else they would have stopped at the door, washed their own feet, washed their brother's feet. But here they are sitting at the table. They've come to table with dirty feet, and Jesus now goes to begin to wash their feet. They were dealing with pride because they were more concerned about position than they were the posture of their heart. I'm telling you, pride is the number one hindrance of generosity. So Jesus takes off his outer robe. He puts on a towel and he begins to serve his disciples. He was washing the external, but he was convicting the internal. He was serving them and they were being convicted, not condemned. They were being convicted. It was uncomfortable for, for them because it messed with their pride. No, 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 you can't. You can't do that. You're Jesus. You can't. It messed with their whole image of things. No, you're Jesus. You can't do this. No, no, no. We should be doing this. And he says, you don't understand. Son of man, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. And God has equipped us, every single one of us, uniquely with gifts, with talents. He's blessed us with time that we can sow back into other people to make them better that we can give on a Sunday, that we can show up 30 minutes early, that we can show up an hour early. Some of you, two hours early if you're on the setup team and you set up the pipe and drape. Why? Because it creates atmosphere. You go and you set up banners and maybe you stand at a door and and you smile and you greet people within the first seven minutes, make up their mind where they're going to stay at a church and you create an atmosphere where people come in and you give of your time and your talent. And we let down pride to say, I'm not going to stand. Do you know who I am? I'm not going to stand at a door and greet somebody. I'm well more Some Some people, I got a master's degree and blah, 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 blah. And you know. When Pastor Craig is up there, he says stuff like, dude, and whatever, you know, and like, I could get up there and do a much better job. And you might could. Yeah, I- I've got all of this. But what will happen is pride will come in, and it will keep us from using our treasure and our talent and our time to serve and give back to God. But watch this. Jesus, in that, in that closing statement that he says to them in, uh, in John chapter 13, he says, now that you know these things, he says, okay, look, came to serve, not to be served. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you what? If you do them. And this is what we've been talking about all series long is a principle of sowing and reaping. It's more than just knowing, it's doing. Now, we could show up to church every week. We could, you could, you, you know, we could show up. We can hear it all. We can have a head full of knowledge. But if it never goes from our, our, our head to our heart, then it's pointless. If the knowledge never transfers from here to here and equates life change, what good is it? And what God wants us to do is that when we know something, we transfer it into doing something. That as we heard the the word preached and, and as we hear God speak, that we go on Sunday, we say yes, God, and we put action on Monday. Because it's easy to say yes to God on a Sunday, but it's hard to put action to it on a Monday. And being generous is all about putting action to the things that God has called us to do. Come on, somebody say amen in this church tonight. Because pride will hold you back from doing What God has called you to do. Pride will tell you maybe that you can't serve in kids because your talents are better served in another area. Don't they know who I am? Don't they know the position that I held at my last church? How dare they put me as a greeter? I I, I would do this different. I would do that different because pride will cause you to grow judgmental rather than growing the kingdom. Ouch. Come on, let me say it again. It hurts so good. Pride will cause you to grow judgmental rather than growing the kingdom. You're called to grow the kingdom and not grow judgmental. Every gift, time, talent, treasure is meant to grow the kingdom, not our kingdom. Man, if God has given us a blessing, it's not for me. It's how I can cycle it through me and get it to somebody else. God, whatever you've given me, uh, you've blessed me with time. How can I serve others? God, you've blessed me with a gift. How can I use it to serve others? God, you've blessed me with treasure. God, how can I use it to build your kingdom and not my kingdom? See, some of the most important positions that happen in our church happen, and they're positions that you don't even see. Because every day, there's people that get here at 345, our prayer team. They're in a room that you don't know about, that you don't see, unless you know. And they're in there every day at 345. And from 345 until 415, they're praying for this service. They're praying for you. They're praying for your household. It's some of the most important things that happen, but you never know about them. Why? Because it's not about position. It's about posture before God. It's about serving him. Every week, we have dozens of our church members that give up their time and their talent to serve in children's ministry. That way, we can enjoy a distraction-free environment because people have a humble and a willing heart, a generous heart with their time and their talent so we can worship God for the mom that has been dealing with their kids all week, and this may be the only hour break that they get all week, and we've got people that are going, I'm going to serve you, serve your family, so you can go in, you can worship, you can hear from God, you can encounter Him. Come on, it's not about position, it's about posture. We're here to serve and not to be served. It's the third part of our vision, restoring the world. First, we say restored with God. That's our relationship with Him. We say restored within because we want you to find freedom and true healing. And once you've found that, what do we want you to do? We want you to turn around and invest into others, build others, help other people find freedom, help other people get connected to God, help other be- people build a relationship with God. We want you to turn around and restore the world, and it's all about serving. Serving is a part of who we are. It's not something that we do. Can I say that again? Serving is a part of who we are, it's not just something that we do. But pride, pride is the enemy fighting us from being a generous people. You want to defeat pride in your life? Serve. Being a servant is it's not about serving those that you want to or you value. Think about this with me. It's not just serving the people that or good to you or kind to you? Let's just put it this way. Later that night, every single one of his disciples would desert him. Don't you think Jesus knew that when he was washing their feet? When they would come to arrest him, every single disciple would flee. Peter, Peter would deny him three times. Judas, Judas, who was about to leave this supper, leave this dinner and go and sell Jesus to the Romans, sell him. He was about to sell him out. Jesus stoops down and begins to wash his feet and serve him. And for us, some of us will be like, I'll serve this person because they're nice and they're good to me. I love this person because they're nice and they're and they're good to me. What happens when you're a greeter at the door and you got your sign and you're smiling and you notice that next door neighbor who cussed you out last week comes walking up? You're going to turn the other way? (laughs) Sorry, you're not welcome here. Um, Actually, the entrance is down there that way, right? Is that? No, we're we're not going to do that. What if, it, what if you're serving in kids and somebody that owes you thousands of dollars or, or, or cheated you out and you're like, I'm sorry, the nursery's full, we can't take your kid. Or you take their kid and you make him sit in the corner the whole time. You're not going to do that. Jesus served Judas knowing that Judas would get up from the table, take his bag of coins, and go and sell him. He is the one that would betray him, and yet Jesus served him. You want to talk about a pride killer in our lives? Jesus knelt in humility, and he served those that he knew would betray him. Why can't we give forgiveness? Let's talk about giving. Pride. Why do we have judgment? Pride. Why do we condemn others? Because we think we're better than them, pride. Why don't we give our finances over to God and think we, that we can steward them better than Him? It's pride. Why don't we serve? Why do we feel that we should be served? It's pride. Look, if we deal with pride in our lives, we'll become the most generous people on the planet. When we come to the realization that it has nothing to do with me and everything to do with you, God. You bless me with time. You bless me with talent. You bless me with treasure. God, I want to give it back to you so I can make a difference in the world that I live in. I want you to stand on your feet with me. Think with me for just, just a second. Lucifer. Lucifer, who was... The worship leader in heaven. Satan, this was you may not, some of you, this may be news to you. Satan was once in heaven, worship leader of heaven. Bible says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. And the Bible addresses and confronts the posture of Lucifer's heart. His whole job was about posture. It wasn't about position. Am I making myself clear on position and posture? Position is like, I want to be seen. Hey, look at me. Here I am. I roll with Jesus all the time. Hey, I'm the worship leader of heaven. I hold a position. Posture is, God, I'm yours. My life is yours. I'm just here to serve you. Lucifer's job was literally to posture himself before the creator of all the world and worship him and lead all of heaven in worship. And instead, what Lucifer did is he positioned himself in a place and said, I can, I can be just like him. I can do that. And what happened is it got him kicked out of heaven. Him and a third of all the angels that followed him. So let me ask you a question. What do you want? You want position? Or we just want to posture ourselves before God and say, "You know what, God? I love you and I want to serve you however I can. My time, God, I'm going to give it back to you." For for most of us in here, it means, you know, 2 hours, maybe 3 hours max every 2 weeks to go, I'm going to give, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve. And i got to be honest, I was talking to a friend the other day, and it was a pastor friend, and he said, you know, how many, how many people do you have serving in your church? And when I told him how many people I, I had, he's got a much larger church than me. And, and in our church, we have a serving culture. So you give. You're doing a, you're doing a, you're doing a great job. You're serving, you're giving, you're, you're pouring out. But what I want to challenge us in is in this area of pride in our life because it can show up through time, it can show up through talent, and it can show up through treasure. What I want us to do is I want us to look deep in our heart and go, you know what, am I worried about position? Have I postured myself in the right way? And so I'm going to go through these questions as we close this out. And you go, all right, so how do I know if I'm dealing with pride? Ask yourself these questions. And as I go through these, if there's, if there's any one of these that hits you and you go, ah, oh, pride. Listen, do I tend to be self-sufficient in the way that I live my life without a constant awareness that every breath is dependent on the will of God? Do I often struggle with being anxious over my life and my future? In other words, you have no peace. You're trying to control everything. Am I overly self-conscious? Do I fear man more than God? Do I often feel insecure? Do I regularly compare myself to others? Am I performance-oriented? It's all about what I can do, how I can do. It's, that's a pride. That's a control. No. No. God's going to open the door. God's going to give you the opportunity. It's got, it's all, if God's going to, he's going to bless us. Do I need to receive credit or recognition? Am I hurt or offended when they don't? Do I want people to be impressed with me and my accomplishments known? Am I overly competitive? Am I trying to be the center of attention? Do I like to talk about myself to others all the time? Am I self serving? Do you lie about yourself to preserve your reputation, hide weakness, sins, etc.? Do I envy others their own accomplishments and success, or critical towards those who are doing well? It may be pride. Do I feel special or superior because of what I have or do? Think salary, house, car, being a Christian, looks, physical ability, intellect. Do I place myself above others? Do I think I am more spiritually gifted in relationship to others? Do I think highly of myself or is more spiritual? Do I give myself credit for who I am or my own accomplishments, only occasionally giving credit to God? It's pride. Do I tend to be self-righteous? Do you evaluate the speaker instead of asking God, how this applies to my own life. I don't apologize easily. I'm not open to others' input or correction. I view it as intrusive of my private life, and I resent those who correct me. I'm uncommitted, can easily separate yourself from things and others. You don't get much out of group settings. As I read this, you thought of others that this applies towards and not you. I'm telling you, I can, I can find myself in quite a few of these on this list. The thing that kept me saved as a young person was giving back of my time and my talent to the house of God. I got saved at 15, and immediately knew that i i had to begin to serve in the house of god and i promise you it it kept me saved it kept me in love with god it kept me coming it kept my posture right and it wasn't about a position it wasn't about being seen it was about worship i was our youth worship leader and it was about leading worship not about a position I held. It was about a posture before God. God, it's a great opportunity to get to lead people into your presence. Being a pastor for me, it's not about position. It's about posture. It's about giving everything that God has given to me, giving it back to serve his people. Come on, let's pray. Just for a moment. Come on, why don't you reflect in your heart on some of these questions? Reflect on your heart and you know in all these areas, God. What are you saying to me about generosity? What are you saying to me about my time, my talent, my treasure? God, what are you, what are you speaking to me about areas of pride in my life? Come on, give him just a minute. Just let him speak to you. Let me hear your voice tonight, God. Husbands, wives, maybe it's in the areas of forgiveness towards one another. Maybe pride is built up walls in your home, in your marriage. Dads, maybe it's even towards your sons or Or your daughters. Pride won't let you go and say you're sorry for things that you've done wrong. Parents, come on. Sometimes we got to humble ourselves. We're not perfect. Lord, show us. Show us, God. Show us, God. Lord, in the area of our finances, maybe we need need to let somebody in and help. Maybe we're struggling in the area of finances, and you need to let somebody in to help. Come on, let the pride go. I promise if you let that pride go, you're going to find yourselves being generous in every area of your life. It wants to fight and hold you back from all that God has for you.